Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. As the world leans closer and closer to what is called the end times, the end times war scenario, you know, we see politicians of all shapes, sizes, colors, and parties beginning to take sides and reveal their true hearts. I mean, we have Palestinian and Hamas supporters in Congress. We have Palestinian and Hamas supporters in colleges. We have Palestinian and Hamas supporters protesting in the streets that they know absolutely nothing about what's actually going on, but it's all a political game to them. We also see some Israeli supporters, but the liberal news agencies are not really covering them. Their stories are discussing the reason Israel has the right to defend itself as a nation. Folks, if you balance out the per capita ratio of those murdered on October 7th in Israel, you will see why Israel is so adamant on destroying Hamas once and for all. If the same ratio of casualties were to have taken place here in the United States, uh, I believe it would be something along the lines of 50,000 victims if it would have happened would have happened here. If that did happen here, do you think the United States would respond to the terrorist attacks? Do you think we would just ignore the pleadings of the world and our response to destroy the elements that attacked us? We fought a 20-year war when terrorists killed 2,600 people. Imagine what we would do if a people group came here and murdered 50,000 in one day. Well, today our guest is T.S. Wright. He's back on to discuss what we are seeing right now and how it all relates to what the Bible says will be happening in the last days just before Jesus returns. Scott Wright's the author of the God-Centered Concept Journal and has a unique insight into prophecy and the end times, and I want to jump right into our discussion today, so help me welcome back to the program our good friend Scott Wright. Scott, thanks for coming back on the program today. Bob, thanks for having me on the show, and I'm looking forward to another fun and discussion that uh, we always seem to be able to get to, whether we're on air or off the air. Amen, amen. Uh, we've seen Israel continue to destroy Hamas buildings in Gaza, sometimes more than 400 airstrikes in one day, and they've continued to prepare for the ground attack for the invasion of Gaza. Uh, but as of the time of this recording, they have not yet done so. And we now see Qatar jump in as the negotiator and they negotiated aid and also the release of a couple hostages can you give us an update on what you see happening in israel right now and i know these things change on almost a daily basis but what do, what do you see as of the time of this recording well right now the thing that i'm seeing is it feels like it's a chessboard and i feel like the pawns and are being moved and all the little pieces are just being put into place. Whether how this is going to finally shape out, I mean, there's there's really no way for us to completely be able to predict that. But what I do see 
is that Iran, they are either doing this on their own accord or their strings are being pulled or at least supported most likely by Russia. And that is for them to try to make this something a lot bigger than what it is right now. So, you know, we've, we've had these things before world war one. That's exactly what happened in world war one, how world war one got started. And then, you know, in world war two, appeasement just makes the aggressor more aggressive and that's what happened in world war ii so we've had two world wars that were started in very similar fashion are we due for a reset i don't know we might be um it happens it's happened throughout our history just here in the united states we've had times of resets and we may be in the midst of one right now and i that's something i've been contemplating quite a bit you know what is and what is that going to look like when it's done is really the question. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, right now we see Iran and their proxies starting to shoot at U.S. troops in Iraq and the surrounding region. And yet this administration has zero response thus far. I mean, doesn't this just embolden Iran to escalate a bit more because they sense weakness in this president and administration and an unwillingness to, to show strength because perhaps of the upcoming election. So you've probably read about the beginnings of world war two mm-hmm. with Nazi and Britain. Mm-hmm. Doesn't this feel like Chamberlain? Yep, exactly. Peaceman only makes the aggressor more aggressive. Yep. And so Chamberlain, uh, Roosevelt, obviously the, the country wanted to stay, keep a position of neutrality. <laughs> Imagine it, it kind of feels that way right now here in, in that there's a, it's really split into as to what to do. You've got people rioting in the streets, support of Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran, and the Palestinian side of this. You've got people who are supporting Israel. So you've got, you've got a nation split. So we're kind of taking a neutral posture at this point as much as we can. You've got a few really minor attacks on U.S. troops at this point by Iran. They, again, thinking they can get away with that. So appeasement makes the aggressor more aggressive. So really what the question is, is is this going, is Iran going to escalate that attack? Are they going to, are they going to bring, are they going to just, attack here and there where it's more pesky in a way, I guess is the way I would say it, or are they going to get really serious about that? You know, is that, are they going to escalate the attacks and become, make those happen on a more mass scale? Are they going to, are they going to try to attack all of our battle groups that are sitting out there in the, in the, uh, in the Mediterranean? So, and obviously if I'm not mistaken, we've moved a group up into the Red Sea. That's, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, and I was reading about that, they might be moving uh, groups into every one of those, basically those Gulf areas, which is really what they are, uh, those Gulf areas in the uh, in that part of the world, in the Middle East, that, you know, right off the edges of, of these different countries. There's really nothing those countries can do to stop us from doing that. They don't have the firepower. And so... The question becomes, what is this going to escalate into? That's still the question I keep asking. I mean, we've got a California governor that is now talking with China. Yeah. 
about making them, you know, a partner and an ally. Well, the problem is, is like in my home state in Arkansas, they just passed a law that forbids any Chinese uh, owned land, any Chinese owned factory, house, any type of ownership know that there cannot be any Chinese ownership. What they were doing is they were trying to buy up farms, yeah, plant seeds and learn the soil. And what that does is that allows them to learn how things they could engineer to try to destroy our food crops and how to how we could produce food. So they're I know in our state they're not allowing that anymore. So yeah. there's there's a lot of that going on. So the governor of California's posturing one way. The governor of Arkansas, who worked for Trump, is now posturing a different way. So, and you know, obviously DeSantis did the same thing in Florida. So we'll we'll see how that part of it plays out as well. And you kind of wondered, you know, what what is China going to do in all this? Yeah, amen. Right now, their economy's on the brink of total collapse. Their largest real estate and holders about to go belly up. They're starving. They have all kinds of little revolutions going on. The people are revolting. It is complete chaos in China. You're just not hearing a lot about it because it's not reported. Yeah. They're, they're on the brink. Yeah. Yeah. China's on the brink as well. Again, I keep asking the same question. Are we due for a reset? Yeah. Amen. Russia's yeah. economy is about to collapse because of the Ukrainian war and they can't support it. Again, are we due for a great reset? Yeah. Amen. You know, talking about Iran, though, back in, had to be, what, 87, 88, uh, I was in the cavalry, and we did a war simulation, I guess you could say. And uh, it was over three days, and we had probably four or five different renditions of what it would take to invade Iran, you know, to, to go to war with Iran. And this is back, you know, using 40-year-old technology, okay? It's not the modern stuff we have today. But every single time, we were defeated because of the the terrain that we would have to use to, to you know, like if you're doing a, an invasion, on, you know, it, it was just, the terrain was just so inhospitable. And the defenders, even, you know, in, in military strategy, it's like a 10 to 1 ratio, right? Uh, the defenders have the advantage when someone's trying to invade their land. They know the land, you know, and all that stuff. And the coastline is just sheer mountains. I mean, you have like a mile and a half of, of you know, semi-level terrain, and then you're into the mountains, I mean, it's just, you know, it was just so bad. <clears throat> we couldn't figure out a way to get around it uh, using the technology back then. I mean, we could come in from the opposite side, of course, but, you know, that's bordering, you know, hostile nations to us as, as well. So it's it's not uh, something that's easy to do. And, uh, you know, every, the only way we could do it was nuclear weapons. But, you know... It, the we were defeated within oh probably 10 miles 
the the U.S. forces were the Allied forces, put it like that, were stalled. And once they were stalled, that made them subject to you know our artillery and stuff like that. That it just decimated them. And that was, like I said, forty year old technology now. But back then, we did not have the capability. But Iran is one of those nations that you know they don't care if they take casualties. You know, as long as they can inflict more casualties than what they take. And that's that's the mindset. But what do you see in the spirit realm that we're witnessing right now? Well, again, I think it's a game of chess right now. You see the it, – it, it's, it's a setup for a reset. Here's what I think is going to happen. I'm just, and then I'm, please don't get into the prophetic. This guy's got prophecy coming through him and all this and all that. I'm not speaking. I mean, it, I guess it is to some degree, but it's more of educated, giving you an educated opinion is what this is. And just seeing, understanding what I do know about prophecy, understanding where the world's at, where the world needs to get to before this happens here's what i think i think all of this conflict that's happening right now is going to create the environment that will eventually lead to the way we understand the end i think here's the most alarming thing to me and i know this is not involved in that part in that war the most alarming thing to me is how many people who are abandoning the faith right now? Yeah, in the Western in Western society in general, Europe, America, you know, the world has over sixty percent of the world is an urban or suburban area now. That's a lot of people. We, if you're looking at this from an experiment experiment standpoint of sociology, a sociological experiment, we don't know what. We don't know the conditions of that and how everybody's going to react to that because we're just starting to see the issues come about and never in history has that ever been. Yeah. We've never had over 60% of the world's population living in urban and suburban areas. Mm -hmm. And people are leaving churches. They're leaving their faith. They're, they're abandoning the faith in God, period. And that, to me, is the most alarming sign that I see. I think, here's what I think. I think some of this, this, this again, my educated opinion, I think some of this, God's allowing it to get our attention. Yeah. Amen. But sometimes, here's the thing. God tries to work with you in the good times, but when you stop listening, then he'll allow things to happen and continue trying to get your attention. If you don't believe me, read the book of Revelation. Much of what goes on, all those all those horrible things that are going to happen, is each thing is happening to get the people to repent. Yeah. See, God knows, ultimately, the very worst thing for you is what's going to happen after we pass away. Whether you die, whether it's a rapture, whatever you want to believe on that. Or whatever happens. And even if you believe in a rapture. Doesn't mean you're going to make it to the rapture. Here's the thing. 
it's God's number one concern is your eternity. He's more interested in where your soul goes than what your bank account looks like. He's more interested in your character so you grow more like him than he is your checkbook of what that looks like and how much money you have and what size of a house you have and all those things. And I I just see more and more people abandon the faith. There are people that I know, Bob, and of course I'm not going to use names. I would never do that. But there are people I know that have abandoned the faith that I would have never thought would have. That I know. And that is scary. And I've seen some of the statistics on that. And I kind of believe that some of this is happening as a setup to, to for the events of the end to happen. I think this is this is a setup event, is what I think this is. You've got you there's a map you can pull up solve the global conflicts. You should see how concentrated they are in the Middle East and Asia and a little bit in North Africa. You, I mean, it's it's incredible, like how close all that is. You got Ukraine and you've got what that does. And you come down to the Middle East and all the conflicts and kind of in Asia. And, and of course, the Pakistan-India thing has always been there. And that's probably the most dangerous potential conflict ever that we've ever seen that hasn't exactly hasn't happened. And then you've got China and you don't, you know, they're, nobody knows what they're going to do. So we're in a situation right now that I believe we're having a setup. And I believe that the world is being set up to what is going to take place eventually. I think we're, I think it's knocking on the door is what this is. And the, the biggest thing that I keep, that I keep coming back to is how many people are banning in the faith. That has consequences. Mm-hmm. Some people say election has con- elections have consequences. Well, abandoning your faith has consequences, and they're dire. They're more dire than elections. You get to change every two to four years on elections in our U.S. government. Guess what? This one, this one's eternal. Eternal. This one's for eternity. Yep, that's right. So I tell people out there that are listening. You know, people that are trying to abandon their faith. You got to get, you got to help them not, you got to help them see beyond the temporary. Right. You got to get them out from underneath their technology for five minutes and get them to understand that it's, God has not changed. We think this technology has changed everything. It really hasn't changed anything. It's just an easier medium for us to get information is all it is faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the bottom line is God hasn't changed. And his plan hasn't changed. And whether we're talking about now or back when we were talking about the ages of the church, we're talking about the first, second, third age of the church. It's still exactly the same as it was then. Yeah. Nothing's changed. The world thinks it's changed, but it hasn't. God's just going to try to do what he can to get everybody's attention, but he will still let you make the final choice. Yeah. The world has changed. But yes. God hasn't. He hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. The technology has changed the world is what's happened. But again, God hasn't changed a bit. Nothing's okay. changed. The God's plan has not changed. The technology was developed to make life easier. You know, so you wouldn't have to work as hard. But everybody I talk to, they have to work harder now because of the technology. They can get, oh, instead of what 
used to take you six hours to do in a day at work. You can do it an hour. So now we can add more work to you, uh, you know, and it just continues to complicate life. And that tends to distract from the time we used to spend in worship and church and studying the word. You know, I talk to so many people now that, you know, did you read your Bible today? Oh, no, I was too busy. You're too busy. What were you doing at four o'clock in the morning? Oh, I was sleeping. And you couldn't get up 15 minutes earlier just to spend time in the word. You know, I mean, that that's the world we live in right now. Yes, it and, is. You know, and it's so many distractions that, like I said, God hasn't changed. His requirements are still the same. And it's the culture, the people, the nations, the economy, all that is like, you know, the waves on the crashing on the seashore, one after another. Every wave is different, but it's the same result. It's eroding the foundation of the seashore, you know? Yep. And uh, and that's what we see here. And praise God. Now, like I said, with what's going on in the Middle East, as I said, it changes on a daily basis. And I'd love to have you come back on another week or so so we can discuss the most recent events as they continue to unfold. Would you be willing to do that? You bet. Absolutely. Looking forward to doing it again. I am. And just to throw some a few things out there for you guys. If you haven't had a chance, read the book of Zechariah. Mm. Read the book of Zechariah. That's during a that was the prophet that was during the time of the return of the exiles from Babylon to Israel. A lot of transition and resets going on at that time as well. Some of the prophecies Zachariah gives is about what's going to actually take place here later on. Had, some of it hadn't taken place yet. Yeah. So you can read Zechariah 12 and 14. There's got, there's some really strong language in there. Um, there's actually a prediction of what would look like could potentially be nuclear war will happen. But, and that's what will actually defend Israel, Jeremiah 14, 12. So I would, I would really, I would encourage people to read that. Um, I think that's, that's kind of where that's going to be one of the final results is what that one's going to, that's what that's going to be. So Amen. like Amen. one of the titles of the captions in Zechariah 14, the destroyers of Jerusalem destroyed. So Amen. yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, it's something to pay attention to, but I would definitely, uh, I'd, I'd encourage people to start really reading about that. Number one, it's interesting, and number two, it'll get you connected to God's word if you are struggling with that. Yep. If you need a why, I just gave you a why. And there you go. Amen. Amen. And and with the destruction of Israel comes the uh, peace treaty. Yes. You know, and we, we've discussed that before. Amen. Amen. Well, They're folks. Trying. These events that Scott's been sharing with us today, they're not, they're not new. I mean, these events have been building for decades, but we're just now witnessing, as Scott, Scott put it, a chess match being played out in front of us. And he recommends that we should read the book of Zechariah, especially chapters 12 to 14, so I encourage you to do that. But these end-time scenario events are just like that. Jesus himself said there would be signs and all that that would occur prior to the end. And he gave some examples in addition to the book of Revelation, which he had John write about. We need to pay attention to what we're witnessing on the news right now. Pray for Israel. Pray for the Palestinian civilians that are trapped. Pray that they would all come to know Christ as their true Savior. Amen. But pray for Israel. 
pray for peace in Jerusalem. That's what we're told to do. And I want to remind you in these last days and times in which we live that we are reminded to look up when we see these things happening because our redemption is drawing near. Praise God. Scott, I want to thank you again for coming back on the program today and catching up everything with us. And I look forward to our next conversation, brother. Hey, sounds great, Bob, and look forward to being back on. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Scott Wright and myself, Pastor Bob reminded to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.